And how do I know I'm going to heaven? At that point, it matters, doesn't it? And so I remind them about their baptism. I remind them that God placed His promise on them. It's not that you have to keep your promise to God. God was going to keep His promise to you, that you were baptized in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, that you belong to God's family, that your sins have been washed away. I remind them of all that. That all their sins of the past, whatever they may have been that are bothering them at that moment of their passing, have evaporated into nothing and they are now an heir. They have an inheritance of eternal life. An heir of God. I remind them. I remind them these words from Romans. The Spirit bears witness, the Holy Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if we are children, then we are heirs. We are heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. We have an inheritance. That inheritance isn't filled till somebody dies. And I remind them of Paul's words that we just read. Do you not know that all who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were therefore buried by Him, with Him, by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in a newness of life. What a wonderful promise to walk in newness of life. Now we do it every day through the forgiveness of sins, but what a joy to do it permanently. And I remind them of all that. I remind them that it's important. Baptism is important. It's the power of God working in them. Baptism is a miracle. Baptism is constantly doing its job in you. That's important to remember. Baptism brings Christ to us. Baptism brings salvation to us. In baptism, we become members of God's grace. We become members of His forgiveness. Heirs of His promise and heirs of eternal life. And it's a great responsibility to remind them. of this wonderful power of God. Did you know you possess your baptism? Just like you possess your own heart. It's a precious possession. A treasured possession. This morning we're going to look at Jesus' baptism because Jesus is the one who stepped into baptism to make our baptisms powerful. And of course, it's a miracle. God made the waters holy by walking into the sinful waters. The Holy Son of God touched the waters and made the waters holy. And so, our theme for this morning, the power of baptism. Our text talks about John, and his name suggests the importance of baptism. Here you have a man who arrives on the scene. He had been prophesied. This was the prophet everybody was waiting for. It was a prophet that they said would come before the Messiah. 
the prophet who would arrive announcing the messianic kingdom. John was that prophet. And he arrived proclaiming. And what was his title, this great prophet just before the Messiah? The baptizer. John the Baptist. And so John came baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. John and his preaching and his baptism was a blessing from God. Jesus once asked the Pharisees, the baptism of John, where did it come from? Was it from heaven or from man? And they discussed it among themselves, saying, well, if we say that John's baptism came from heaven, then Jesus will say to us, then why did you not believe John the Baptist and his words? But if we say John the Baptist's baptism was from man, we're afraid for the crowd because they all believe that John is a prophet. Yeah. John's baptism was from God. John's baptism was planned. John's words were miraculous. His ministry was miraculous. Not because of the words that he spoke. Not because of the water he poured. But because of the people that he changed. His words changed the people. It's called repentance. And the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Now, this is a guy preaching in the middle of the wilderness. If you've been to Israel, you know you get, you, you're in Jerusalem, which is kind of on, on Mount Zion. You come down the hill and you go eastward into a desert all the way to the River Jordan. There's nothing there. Why would people go out there to listen to this guy? But something similar happened when Peter preached his first sermon at Pentecost. 3,000 people came to salvation that day. It was a miracle. And we can see God's power working in John the Baptist too. And so he was a voice crying in the desert... He was a voice crying out for the Lord, teaching the people about Jesus. And John the Baptist told the people, After me comes one who's mightier than I, whose sandal I'm not even worthy to untie. He talked about Jesus. He said, I baptize you with water, but he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He's powerful, mightier than I. It's John who told the people, look, there's Jesus. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Don't follow me, follow Him. And through John, God reached into the lives, into the hearts of the people. Everything about John's work pointed to Jesus. Everything that John did pointed to the source of our salvation. Now, when you talk with your friends and you tell your friends, or you tell family, or you're sharing your faith, 
Every time you do that and you say, Jesus is God, Jesus has been God for all eternity, Jesus, the perfect Son of God, came to die for sinful humans to save us. And He died and He rose again. When you talk like that, when you share your faith like that, God's power works in you too. You become an instrument of His miracle. And God uses you, He uses your voice to create faith in the lives of others. To tell people about the lost condition of their souls. To tell people about a Savior, how Jesus came to save lost souls from eternal condemnation and hell. And you, you, you talk about that. And when you speak, when you do that, the power of God is unleashed through you into those lives. And that's why Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the power of God. I'm not ashamed, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of God. For it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. I'm not ashamed to talk about Jesus. It's the power of God. And we can see this power of God unleashed at Jesus' baptism. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and He was baptized by John in the Jordan. That was all God's plan. God intended this, that his son would be baptized. So Jesus comes to be baptized by John. It had to happen. If it didn't happen, this was God's way he would save the world. Baptism is important. And so Jesus steps into those waters. If he hadn't stepped into those waters, our salvation wouldn't have happened because Jesus was baptized to be our Savior. He was chosen for this work. That's why He was baptized into it. Now, I hope you know Jesus didn't need to be baptized. Not like we need to be baptized. There was, there was no brokenness of sin in Him. He was a perfect Son of God, a sinless Son of God. Never broke a commandment, never disobeyed the Lord. There were no sins to wash away. No offenses to get rid of. No. Jesus came to save us. His soul was perfect, so He comes to save our souls that are not. And that's why Jesus entered the waters of holy baptism to fulfill all righteousness. He stepped into the waters to fulfill all righteousness. And in doing so, He stepped into your sin. In stepping into the waters, He stepped into your brokenness. By stepping into the water, He stepped in to save us, to rescue us, to deliver us. To save us from our sin and from our brokenness. He stepped into the waters to fulfill all righteousness. You know, last week I talked about how God sent Jesus, anointed Jesus to get the job done right. And here's the anointing. The anointing is happening with the water and the Holy Spirit anointing Him like the dove. And the Holy Spirit anoints Him for the job, to get the job done right. He's the right man. 
In fact, Jesus is the only man who can step into plain old water and make it holy. He's the only man. He's the only Savior. There is no other to save us from sin and death. To fill that water with His power. Only God can do that. You know, I like to watch car restoration shows. I, my wife watches cooking shows. I watch the cars be restored. I like that. It, occasionally, a car will come in and it's all messed up. Uh, former mechanics have tried to restore it and they just made a mess of things. They failed. However, Dave Kindig of Kindigit Designs He gets the job done right. He always does. He and his team, master mechanics at Condigate Designs, when a car leaves their shop, it's better than new. They strive for perfection. And they deliver it. That's what Jesus does to our soul. But he doesn't strive for perfection. He accomplishes it each and every time because the perfect one stepped into the waters. The perfect Son of God stepped into the waters. He made them holy. He set them apart. And that waters comes to you to make you perfect every time. To bless you. He works in your heart. That water of baptism works on your soul. Every time. Perfectly. To restore that old broken, brokenness in there. To restore. Uh, you, know, you fall short of the glory of God in all your sin. And, and God comes to raise you up. To lift you up. To wash all that away. To make you new and whole again. That you can walk in the newness of life. Through the power of His water. And Jesus just didn't do that in the day you were baptized. See, this is the problem we think. That baptism is something that happened a long time ago. Oh, no, 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 no. No, baptism is a present promise. It's your possession. Did you know that? That you possess it? It's for every day. He's constantly restoring that old broken soul that lies within your flesh because he gets the job done right. He's anointed for it in the waters of baptism. And so he stepped into the waters. And when he did that, he stepped into your life. He stepped into the waters. And when he did that, he stepped into your sin. He stepped into your brokenness. He stepped into your disobedience. He stepped into your world. Why? To save you. To rescue you. To deliver you from sin and death. To work a miracle in your life. And we see all that power of God being poured out on Jesus at His baptism. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, He saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, descending in the form of a dove and a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. It says the heavens were torn open. 
That same word is used in Greek uh, when Jesus died and it says the temple, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Literally ripped in half. The heavens were literally ripped open. Don't know what that, what that means, but the heavens were ripped open and the Holy Spirit descends on Jesus. This is a powerful moment. In the form of a dove, he anoints Jesus with heavenly power. And then we see the power of baptism. The power of baptism as a voice begins to speak, the voice of God the Father. This is my beloved Son, a powerful moment. This is the one I'm pleased with. Jesus needed to hear that voice. You know, being human the way he was, he needed the approval of his Father. Being fully human, he needed to hear those words to be strengthened for the task ahead, the cross ahead. And because God was well pleased, Jesus would face a cross, and then Jesus would conquer the cross, and Jesus would rise again by the power of God living in him. A powerful display of God's work. And in your baptism, a powerful display of God's work too. At your baptism, God spoke the same thing. With you, I'm well pleased. Jesus speaks as the Father spoke to him. With you, I'm well pleased. Hmm. I need that voice of approval. I need to know my Father loves me for the task ahead. Because I am sinful and unclean. And I have not met what the Lord expects of me. And even though God can't really say that about our lives because we are sinful and unclean, He can't really say, with you I'm well pleased. God comes to you with the power of His baptism to wash you. Baptism is how Jesus steps into your life. Baptism is how Jesus steps into where you're at. So he steps into the water. And as he does, he steps into your sin. He steps into your disobedience. He steps into your brokenness. He steps into all your struggles, all your woes, all your troubles. He steps into your world. Why? To save you, to rescue you, to deliver you from your sin and death and work a powerful miracle in your life. I want to wrap up my sermon this morning by reminding you once again, of the power of God that is continually at work in you in your baptism. I want to remind you. Matter of fact, I want you to die clinging to that promise. I want you to die clinging to your baptismal hope. Last night I was at the bed of one of our beloved saints. She's dying. 
I reminded her of the power of God. I reminded her of holy baptism. I assured her of her baptismal promise. She responded with one word. Yes. Yes. There's so much power in that word. So much power in that confession. Yes. And and God said yes to you. He said yes to me as the baptism water flowed freely in the name of the Father, the Spirit, the Son. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.